I'm with Christopher O'Reilly. We are in Hughes Hall, and you're uh, just about to conduct rehearsal. Uh, people who listen to From the Top are uh, probably tempted, at least some of them, to say, well, this is just the next great nine-year-old performer who's going to disappear in three weeks, but the mission of From the Top is far more than that. The thought behind the program was that uh, in pre-college age musicians, uh, there's quite a lot of variety in terms of uh, the seriousness with which they might be pursuing music as a career or the seriousness seriousness with which they're pursuing music in addition to all of their other activities. And uh, one had the impression that the kind of media attention lavished on, say, high school athletes was quite a lot uh, more magnificent than that lavished on teenage musicians. At the same time, uh, the impression at large, as far as the classical music audience is concerned, was that classical music was only for the aficionados and people who were doing, listening to, practicing the music 24-7. And the kids on our show are actually a very good example. Uh, they're emissaries uh, of the music, but they also have uh, a normal childhood. These are, these are musicians who also do other fun things as kids. And uh, it's that kind of personality idea getting the personalities of the performers across to the listening audience that will hopefully make a sort of an empathetic response in an audience that's perhaps not uh, too conversant with classical music and uh, may be more comfortable with the idea of giving the music a chance based on their commonality with all of our guests. And so the upshot of it really becomes uh, that classical music really is for everybody to a certain degree and that uh, you don't have to know the names, dates, and places of the composers. You just have to uh, open your ears and open your hearts, and these kids are the best emissaries of, of that kind of music making, that kind of uh, honest and integral passion. Do you find that the youngsters that are coming in and the families that are bringing them in have changed over the years you've done this? Or is there a wider variety of, um, of people, or are they coming from many walks of life than they were when you first started? When we were first starting, uh, we were only known to a couple of, uh, you know, some of the larger music academies around the country. You know, Juilliard Prep would always send us people, or Chestnut Hill in Boston, uh, sort of affiliated on a, in a preparatory level with New England Conservatory. But uh, even though we weren't uh, too well known on a national basis, we were also still getting a lot of uh, guests from lots of small towns all over the country which spoke, I thought, uh, quite eloquently and, and enthusiastically to the idea that regardless of uh, music's position in, in the public school system, there's been a private network of, of music teaching all over the country, large cities, small towns, literally in every pocket of the United States, that's been doing a phenomenal job uh, preparing musicians. Uh, if, if there's an interest, if there's a passion, if there's a curiosity about music, there have always been private music teachers ready to give these kids a chance. And now you have an opportunity really to, and now you have an opportunity really to give them an even more intimate look at these youngsters as you get into television. They get to see another dimension of the program. Well, uh, I like to think that if we're fl flipping channels on the radio and you hear a phenomenal performance, you know, you're, you're captivated by that and the whole idea of classical music on the radio is also compelling in and of itself. But 
being able to see while you're flipping the channels that this phenomenal performance is coming from a 14-year-old violinist as opposed to, you know, an old hand on the classical music scene is an extraordinary, uh, compelling and, and uh, enthusiastic statement for, you know, the talent involved uh, in our country. Uh, it's an extraordinary thing, and the immediacy of, of television really brings that uh, much more to the fore. You seem... Someone of your talent, your personal abilities, could be out concertizing uh, several nights a week and making a comfortable living and traveling, yet you stay committed to working with these youngsters. What keeps you involved with the program? Well, you know, I still do lots and lots of concerts all the time, but uh, being on my own quite a lot of the time, you know, you fall into personal habits of playing, and I've always enjoyed chamber music collaboration of, of all sorts, and what makes... Uh, being with the kids and from the top so fresh to me is just being open to the possibility of different, you know, dancing with different partners, different sorts of rubato, different senses of phrasing that uh, I think, you know, always teaches me something new. Uh, it doesn't matter that, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with a 14-year-old, 15-year-old collaborator. They have a different sensibility. They've, they've prepared their piece to an extraordinary high degree, and so there's always something to be learned from that kind of immersion, uh, even somebody at my advanced age. <laughs> I think I just got another gray hair after you said that. <laughs> and you are one, your ears are always tuned for something. Uh, I was just listening to your new recording, which has slid oh, back yeah. over here. It's, nice. it's fascinating because I got to listen to uh, Mr. Drake's music online at, next to the pieces you were playing. Oh. And you really have found a fascinating... Uh, texture to the music that this young man wrote. Oh, thank you. Well, Nick Drake had not only an extraordinary uh, harmonic language and an idiosyncratic way of playing the guitar that leads one into a, a wonderful way of interpreting that on the piano, but he also had, in addition to his sort of folk sensibility, he would have a sense uh, with his voice of, of the great influence of jazz on his music, and so lots of those different strands, different threads of different styles of music uh, make for a very inspiring sort of mix in, in terms of making it into solo piano music. He seemed to be a very a gentle soul, certainly a troubled soul, and uh, that really comes through. Yeah, I think very, very quiet, uh, sort of uh, singing to himself almost, uh, even in his studio recordings, and wasn't somebody who uh, did a lot of uh, live performance. But I think, uh, again, you know, the, the music stripped of its lyrics and stripped of Nick Drake's voice, uh, I, I'm able to concentrate solely on the music, and some of it can be rather en enthusiastic and ebullient and, and uh, exhilarating uh, in and of itself, and so that gives me a different sort of point of departure, uh, a different point of reference about the music. I think it's helpful. I know you need to get off to rehearsal, so one, one final comment from you, if I could, about the program you have going here in Columbus. You have a, a great group of kids up there, from what I can see. We've, we have a couple of friends from, uh, from the past. Uh, those of you who are watching from the top live at Carnegie Hall on PBS uh, will soon be able to see the, uh, the two string quartets we have on uh, this show. One is uh, known as Opus, the other is Serafina, and we're doing a little bit of good-natured uh, competitiveness, although not on a musical basis, I'm happy to say. Uh, we also have uh, a couple of other Ohio kids, a wonderful uh, violinist from the area and a cellist from nearby in Cincinnati, and also a, a great pianist also from nearby. Christopher, thank you for your time. Pleasure Welcome being back with you, to Ohio. Thanks. Look forward to the program tomorrow Thank evening. you.